Stock Dads are back for season two of their hit podcast, Stocks and Sandals. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to build generational wealth. So tuck in your t-shirt, put your Crocs in sport mode, and let's grill up some profits. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and we are joined by a new face for this season. Unfortunately, we still have DJ's face. He is my co-host. Um, but DJ, why don't you go ahead, go ahead and introduce our uh, our guest here. Yeah, thank you so much for the uh, really kind introduction as always. Appreciate that. No, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Season two, man. That's pretty wild. First season was 40 episodes long. This one will not be that long. I'm going to just tell you guys right out of the gate. We're not doing 40 episodes before we realize that podcasts sometimes do seasons. Because we thought that we were going to have to just record an episode every week for the rest of our life in perpetuity. And all of a sudden we were like, hey, not all podcasts do that. So we're going to take a little break. It's, it became very <laughs> why they don't do that because it was <laughs> right. not, not a good time. Yeah, and now we are going to be doing things a little bit differently this season because... I mean, we have a ton of fun. We love doing this. We love all of our listeners and appreciate the support. But I'm I'm a dad. I mean, Mike, you got a lot of stuff going on in your life. I mean, it's a it it takes a a lot of a toll on us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing things a little bit differently this year. We're gonna be trying to batch record a little bit more. We're not gonna be doing the same thing that we've done in the past, which was record our episodes live in the Discord. We'll still do some of that stuff, but we are gonna make our episodes live recordings and stuff accessible to all of our followers and on facebook and they can you can watch it live on facebook when it's happening for free you can watch it on youtube so just give you guys kind of behind the scenes stuff there may be some people watching right now i don't know i can't see the numbers doesn't matter but there's there's like there's like one yeah uh, hi bud hi hi, one listener Pretty status quo, you know. It's probably about how many downloads we'll get to. So, you know, let's go. Uh, seems, seems about right. Yeah, <laughs> Stevens are watching today. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, Steven. Stevens are our, our lone fan tonight. But uh, yeah, no, we're super excited to get started again, and we're gonna start off with a bang here. Uh, we got Hunter Archibald with us today, um, who is a hedge fund manager that saw GameStop coming. Uh, he was not surprised by GameStop, saw it coming ahead of time. And, you know, that's pretty freaking amazing because not a lot of people saw that coming ahead of time. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about short squeezes in general, but also kind of the GameStop situation, how he saw it coming, how we can kind of learn, how we can kind of maybe identify other short squeezes before they happen, um, you know, and, and maybe some tips on like how to trade short squeezes and all that kind of fun stuff but we're gonna get a little bit deeper last season we did do an episode on short squeezes with mike tedeschi uh we're gonna do a little bit deeper dive here so if you have not listened to mike's episode from last season maybe listen to that one first so you have a little bit more of the base info so this isn't all you know brand new but today we're gonna dive in right right in with hunter hunter thanks for coming on and appreciate you being here i want you to just take a second to introduce yourself tell us your background you know where you're from what you do all that kind of stuff 
So before I jump in, I want to get two things out of the way since, you know, in a lot of your other episodes, one, I feel like as a dad, I got to come with a dad fact. And so I just wanted to say that with the SpaceX launch yesterday, there are now currently 14 human beings orbiting around the earth, which is an all time record. And I think that's fascinating. That that's something great, that your kids will be like, mm, cool, dad. <laughs> and then I want, I wanted to go ahead and hit y'all with my joke. Cause I've been really nervous and thinking about it. So you ready for it? He's jumping the gun here. We're going, going. I got to tell you my joke to like, it's the only way I can calm my nerves. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. I, no, you're good. Do you it. Know. All right. Hopefully y'all haven't heard this one before. You may have, um, but I was going to say, so uh, how can you tell when uh, someone tells a good dad joke? I don't think we've heard this one. No, it's okay. Okay. Round two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is, is it when it becomes apparent? Yes. Oh, we have sorry, bro. Oh, there's, there's my, I need my dinger for, Okay, what about the commercial, Mike? Let me try one more. If, if, if you've heard if you heard this one too, then I'm 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 done with my dad jokes. Just pretend, just pretend you haven't. We'll just end the episode. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what rhymes with orange? Oh, I don't think we have heard. I, this one. I have not heard this one. What? What, what rhymes with orange? Uh, nothing. Knock knock. Or orange. Orange. Sorry, that was how my kid told the joke. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I was like, I was like "Wait, is this a is this a knock knock?" No, joke? it's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, so my my almost three year old just hears things and repeats them. And so when I was asked her, "Hey, what what's a joke I could tell tonight?" She basically gave me three three pieces of three jokes, none of which were coherent. And I figured nothing nothing sums up being a dad more than a joke that literally is not understandable. So perfect. Yeah, um, it. it got more laughs. We'll go there. Than a lot of the jokes we get, to be honest. <laughs> I heard they, a few of them. It did. I mean, at the end of the day, jokes have to be natural. It's really yeah, hard it's to true. just throw one out there. Yeah. But anyways, I, my dad just texted me that he's watching, so that's okay. annoying. And hey, DJ's dad. <laughs> He's the Steven for tonight. He's the one yeah, guy that's watching. Awesome. So not only do we only have one listener right now, it's, it's literally it's my it's father. All right, all right, all right. Let's let's all right. get on track here. So Hunter, tell yes. us about right. uh, GameStop. Or actually, no, you haven't even introduced yourself yet, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, let me get who in. Who are I, you? I threw us off. Yeah, who are you? Who am I? That, that is a great question. So um, I'll just give you a very quick, this is where I started and this is where I am. So um, just from a market standpoint, I've been really into it uh, ever since I was a kid. I was born in 1984. Uh, some of my earliest memories were checking uh, the paper on Sundays with my mom to look at uh, stock quotes because that's when they would print them. They'd still be quoted in like eighths and sixteenths. You know, this is old school, um, pre pre internet market trading. So I was always into it. Uh, went through school, went to college for a little bit. Uh, got my first trading account when I was 18. Really into it. Uh, ended up going into the army for a while. Uh, finished college while I was in the army and it kind of made uh, my mindset there that I was going to go into trading, really wanted to go trade at a hedge fund or something along those lines. Uh, ended up going to work at TD Ameritrade actually out of the army. Um, started as basically like a temp making like, you know, like $13 an hour or whatever. Uh, worked my way into trading uh, support on, on the platform there. And I wanted to keep going that route, but then, you know, I, I've been doing this stuff for so long and I realized, hey, you know, most people aren't good at this stuff. And, and you know, I, I felt like I was pretty good at it. So I started going like, you know, I could just advise people. And so I ended up going that route. I uh, got my CFP, um, became an advisor there, ended up leaving eventually and going to a few private RIAs, um, which I'm glad people know what that is because my wife still can't even say it. Um, 
from there, uh, I ended up, we had our second kid at the time. I was just kind of tired of working for people, honestly, for lack of a better term. Um, and so Same. I just, <laughs> right. Yeah. I quit. Um, I just went home. I, I started trading for a living and stayed home with our kid for the first year of my second daughter. Um, then I went to get my MBA and I kind of went to grad school, not to like go to class and learn, but to like ideally meet a person that I could go into business with. Ended up meeting two guys. Um, you know, the hedge fund idea started to you know circulate again. So we ended up starting the hedge fund in the middle of our program. Um, and you know, we graduated all that and, and here we are today. Um, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. There's a lot of, uh, interesting stories in between, but I don't think they're, they're not PG rated. So they're not Facebook. No, yeah. yeah. We'd have to be on TikTok for those stories. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, let's just dive right into this. Um, you know, I want to know just real briefly. Can, can, go ahead, Mike. I was going to, sorry, cut you off. I was going to say, should we just like briefly really quick, just go back over what a short squeeze is. I, I, I know what, I know what I'm, I know stuff. what I'm yeah. doing. Thank yeah. you. You just, you just, okay. you just shut right the hell I'll off. Just, I'll you just, just right the hell I'll just, I'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'll do okay. that. My bad. Uh, first, just really briefly kind of review what a short squeeze is. You don't have to get super technical with this part, but just like what it is. And then we'll dive into kind of like how to spot them into that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I like to keep things in like the most simplistic terms ever so if i'm talking to someone that's never even heard of a stock before at the end of the day it's a simple supply and demand issue um if you can own a stock and you could also short a stock that you don't own sometimes what happens is a lot of people will short something they don't own and then there will be some type of catalyst event that will cause people to either call their shares back or start buying said shares which will send the stock on a very interesting ride depending on uh, the mechanics of it. And I think that's the simplest version. I'm not going to get into all the terminology because yeah, no. you're just going to lose people step right. one. But basically, it's a su supply and demand. Yeah, you said you were going to go into it like really simple. And I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. I'll get it. And then you start and I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, well, I, I, will, I'll, I will use the simplest terms. I'll try to use everything two syllables just, or less. Yeah, well, that's that's important. For I, us. I appreciate you know, it. Yes. I think, yes. I think any yes. new listeners this season that have not listened to our first season, uh, let's just recap what we are really quick, which is Mike and I are morons. So um we are on a journey to learn this stuff and we know little to nothing about it which is why we make good interviewers because we ask all the dumb questions that everybody wants to ask but feels too dumb to do so so two syllables two syllables or less is ideal please okay <laughs> and i'll caveat really quick i don't know if you've ever talked about it because i haven't listened to every episode but what i even do to this day and i live and breathe this stuff is if i hear something i'm not familiar with i just type it into vestipedia mm -hmm. And you know they have that nice little summary that yep. speaks in simpleton terms. Yep. So Investopedia is can't go wrong with phenomenal that. resource. It's, yes. Yeah, I use it all the time as well. All the time. Again, if you want more details on what a short squeeze is, go back to season one, listen to Mike T's episode. Um, but let's talk now about GameStop specifically. How did you see it come in? Give me a little of the backstory with that. Here's a funny story. So I live in Grapevine, Texas. That happens to be where GameStop's global headquarters is. It's uh right next to DFW airport in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So I'm always driving by it. I've been to GameStop. I, I want to say it's been around since I was born, uh, maybe 83, 85, something like that. I was born in 84. Um, so I've been there a million times for whatever reason, you know, I looked at it one day and I was like, 
this was back in 2019 and i was like man like gamestop it used to be like 60 bucks or 50 bucks it's it's at like 20 like what's going on and so it was just pure dumb luck that i i was looking at it at this time um not saying i wouldn't have found it later on but i just happened to look at it so i was watching it and then i when i research something i just kind of go into mainly i'll google news and then there's a few different websites i'll check out kind of i like to see opinions on both sides from what i call the zealots you know the hardcore bears and the hardcore bulls and all i could read about gamestop was like this is like the worst company ever and they're going out of business but i was like every time i saw one there was always people in it you know it's not like they were they were ghost stores right mm-hmm. so there's always people going in and out of games wasn't like a blockbuster you know no right no not at all um and it was just it was just crazy because i was like there's no way they can like be that bad and burning that much money and losing that much money so whatever so i started looking into it um <clears throat> and this will be pre before this at this point like I wasn't thinking squeeze. I mean, at this point, I'd seen one squeeze my entire life in 25 years, right? It's not like these things are common. But, you know, I guess now everything's a squeeze according to the internet. But back back in the old days, you know, pre-2020, there was uh, there was no, you know, they weren't common. And so I was looking into it and I, was, I just did some basic balance sheet analysis. And I kept it simple. Like at the very end of the day, like how much cash do they have? How much are they bringing in? How much debt do they have? And you know how many assets do they have? And at first glance, I was like, these numbers don't really add up. Like this company's price, like it's going out of business tomorrow. And mm-hmm. this was when it was still in like the high teens. Um, and so I kind of thought to myself, like, ah, this thing's definitely gonna bounce back. Obviously, we didn't know COVID was coming, all these things, whatever. So my very first trade into GameStop was early to mid 2019. Cause at this point I was like, this thing's got to go up from here. So all I did was I sold some puts at the $10 mark. Uh, after it had that big gap down on earnings, it went from like $20 to like $12 on an earnings call. And we'll keep it simple like that. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is the bottom for sure. Well then over the next 12 months, I watched it continue to go down. I got assigned those shares at $10. I want to say the lowest GameStop got, got was maybe like 260 during co- the COVID drop. But at this point, when it really dumped down, I was like, okay, it got to a point where it was trading at, I guess, 80% discount to like the pure cash it had. So like they were saying this company was worth 20% of literally the cash on hand that it had. And y'all are smart enough guys to know that cash, you know, a dollar equals a dollar, a dollar doesn't equal 20 cents. So it just made no sense. It made no sense to me. So at this point, I started telling everyone I know when they asked, like, oh, what's the one trade you would make? I was like, uh, just GameStop. You know, this company's worth $40, $50 probably on a, on a good day. You know, it's trading it at this point, six or five or $4, whatever it may be. Like, you know, that's where you got to go. So at this point, obviously I started to get decently vested in this company. Uh, I was buying tons of shares. I was selling tons of puts against it. And I've, I've listened to episodes about options. I'm going to keep it at that, but I was selling puts to get more shares basically was what I was going for. And I really started digging in. And that's when I started to see just disconnect on the mechanics of it. And this is where this is probably above the average person's expertise level, mm-hmm. but you can kind of go in and you can see the market and, you know, the buys, the sells, what's available, you know, what's not available. And I started to notice that like the short interest on GameStop just kept trickling up and trickling up and trickling up and trickling up. And it didn't really make sense because when you looked at the institutional holders of GameStop, I mean, you had 40 or 50% of the company was in like, 
Vanguard and Schwab ETFs. So like, you know, those aren't, so those could be shorted against, but they're not like, that's not a liquid trader, right? Like they're literally balancing ETFs from there on top of that. It it just kept going. And it got to the point where there was so much that you're like, man, this thing, you can't sell something that doesn't exist anymore. And if every share has been sold, then you can't make a stock go down because you literally can't find it. Right. I think y'all talked about hard to borrow on one of your episodes. Just mean, does that ring a bell? Or it's just like you, you, like the brokerage can't find shares for someone to short. And so at this point, you know, this is probably late 2020 GameStop started getting a little life. You know, I had never heard of wall street bets or really even read it at this point. I kind of figured that out. I think when most of the world did or saw it, I should say, but you started seeing all these people talk about what are called phantom shares. And this is something, you know, we had been seeing for a while. So what a phantom share is, is essentially like I own a share, someone is selling my share short, and then that person's then lending it out. So you're basically having like for every long share of the stock, there's like two, three or four people shorting that share. That shouldn't, shouldn't be possible. And the reason that was happening is because what no one talks about is GameStop was in a very aggressive share buyback at the time. They had bought back like 40 million of a hundred million shares, not to mention they were closing stores. And this is more on the fundamental side. They were cutting expenses, firing executives. Like they were just doing everything they could to revamp. This is all, you know, after the fact, then you had this whole Ryan Cohen, Michael Burry, all these things coming in that all came in around like the squeeze time. So anyway, so you just saw, saw this thing coming, saw this thing coming, and it was just like a powder keg. And all it was going to take at this point is the shares to be called in or someone utilize the options available on GameStop to basically explode the shorts out of the trade. And that's what we ended up seeing. I want to say it was January 15th of 2021, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, GameStop, I think spiked to like 20 bucks. And I think two weeks later it is when it touched like $485. It's been a while, so don't quote me on that, but I think it was somewhere around January 15th. Um, but so at the end of the day, it was purely seen because it's like, you can't put a square peg into a round hole. So there's no way you can make something go down if there's nothing to make it go down. And all you would see is people like, you got a short GameStop, you got a short GameStop, you got a short GameStop. And so people, I think they talked about this in the last show. They're like, oh, the short interest is like 100% or 120%. Well, in reality, it was like 500% because those institutions don't count. Those aren't really liquid floats. And when I say institutions, I mean the ETFs. Um, the other caveat is GameStop wasn't like a Reddit retail trade. I There was many really large hedge funds on both sides of, hedge, of GameStop. Um, and professional money management in general, like they, you know, they're sharks in the water. When they smell blood, they're in, right? Um, so, that, I mean, that's kind of the high level. There was a lot more little tedious things in that year and a half run up that I won't, I mean, I don't even know if people would want me to go into, but it's just, at the end of the day, it was simple balance sheet mechanics, like something trading for way less than cash value. I'm not talking about asset value. I'm talking about pure cash value, like cash on hand, which makes no sense. Not to mention the company was still bringing in billions of dollars in revenue. Granted, it slowed down. You had the new console cycle, which everyone was hyped about. However, that ended up kind of being a flop. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's, it was a once in a generation balance balance sheet setup. I, I doubt we'll ever see it again. 
so for short squeezes in general right so gamestop is like maybe a really like blown out of proportion example of it yes but do these do like short squeezes happen more commonly on a lesser scale or are they just super uncommon in general yeah so they definitely happen but way less magnitude it may be like a one or two day thing the, the companies that are usually right for them are obviously companies that are heavily shorted and have smaller floats meaning like shares available and, and also if those companies happen to have options that have liquid markets meaning you can trade them you know they're not just like listed with nobody trading them those are generally good targets i i think it's been happening a lot more lately because obviously it hit the news and now every mid-sized hedge fund has jumped into it like i said sharks and sharks in the water um so it it's more common now than it's ever been i mean i've seen more in the last year than have probably happened since the 70s if that makes sense um yeah. Well, I mean, I think retail investing probably has a lot to do with it, too. I mean, with like Reddit and, you know, all these giant communities of retail investing and commission free trading, and it gets a whole lot more money going into these, you know, into these trades than probably ever has been in the past, too. 100%. I, I always say, you know, a lot of little fishes are the same size as a whale at the end of the day, right? So $10 million is $10 million, whether it's in $1,000 chunks or $10 million chunks. Um, so yeah, you need it on the head. Like it definitely plays. I will say, you know, just throughout my career, a retail trader for the first time ever is, I'm going to say on a level playing field with institutional money. I'm not saying, you know, anyone get logging into their app is like sat, you know, more savvy or smarter or knows more, but from a technology standpoint, I mean, it's, it's never been a more even playground at this point. Um, and, and I will say with the GameStop squeeze, GameStop literally would have gone to two, three, four, five thousand dollars a share if the brokerages didn't stop the uh, options trading on it. That really, like, literally, it would have gone on indefinitely. Like, who knows what the ceiling would have been. Um, and I was really upset with them for a while. I was like, this is so messed up that, you know, because the people that get hurt by that are, you know, the little guys, right? They get caught in trades. But then I realized, like, they really didn't have a choice because the risk associated with that move was so far outside of any type of like Monte Carlo simulation. They had no choice. Like what happened should have never, ever happened. Much um, less yeah. exponentially higher, right? Yeah. I mean, literally, can you imagine the thing was like $5,000? I mean, it'd been worth as much as like all the vehicle it, companies it, combined, you know? And right. Right. That, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it, it's, yeah, that's bananas. So, you, I mean, you kind of already touched on on it just a second ago, which is a good segue about how, like, a lot of people, the little guys, you know, like us, get hurt and stuff like this, you know, or can get hurt if you don't time it correctly or if you're in late or if, you you know, you chase, whatever, right? We talk all the time in our Discord about don't chase, Chasing right? You know, every, like, yeah, it's, it's the worst because, thing you like, can do. Everybody has, gets FOMO and, you know, fear of missing out, and they're always like, oh, like, Oh, it's jumping up, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to get in. And then they end up buying at the exact top. Right. Yeah. And then it drops and then they're, they're like, Oh crap, I got to cut my losses. And they sell at the exact bottom. And it's just like this yeah. vicious cycle. I, I only, 
I mean, if it sounds like I speak from experience, it's because I do. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really impressive. It's, it's yeah. harder to do that, I think, than <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, hey, I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit of a trader myself. Yeah. <laughs> I like to get it at the highs, yeah. no big deal. That's, that's, a, that's like what happened to me with AMC. It ha- pretty much, it's happened to everyone. Yeah, it's exactly what happened to me with AMC because I, I finally got to the point. Like I, I fought FOMO. I'm so pretty hard. sure your ass is what got me to get it yeah it wouldn't surprise me i was like i'm not i'm not gonna play it like i'm just gonna let it go and then i think dj bought and i got like 23 dollars and then <laughs> dropped to like four yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a similar thing so amc was another one we were in now we did not ride that thing up that way we we were out way before that but i had a similar buddy because we got in around two or so and i was i told him about that and so then he plays the telephone game and all of a sudden he's like, Hey, I got my, my brother and my father-in-law and his friend in for like $18. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's not what I told you to do. So like all, now all these guys are like, cause then it immediately went back down to like $8, you know, and now obviously it's all great in retrospect, but. Um, right. So yeah, where I was going with that question is like, how, I mean, how do you, do you, so if you don't catch it, like, I mean, you said that yours was just dumb luck finding it like when yeah. you did. Now, I mean, it's not dumb luck like you you understood like this is an opportunity, but it was dumb right. luck the timing of it, right? Correct. So let's say, I mean, my first question would be, how do you recommend looking for situations like this and stocks that you don't hear about in the news, right? Because like you, all, by the time I hear about stuff in the news or by that time, you know, it's being squeezed, it's yeah. too late. So like, how do you recommend looking for stuff like this ahead of time? My true answer would be like, don't bother looking for it. Like don't waste your time because it's few and far between. And, but like, if you, if that's what you want to do, more power to you, um, you know, easiest way, just set up a scan for stocks with say, depending on what your portfolio size is. Right. So stocks that have options. Stocks that have a float probably lower than 100 million shares, give or take, that have decently low market caps. So, you know, maybe like a couple billion dollars. So these would be low price companies. I would say set up a scan for that um, and then look at what's called a days to cover ratio. Are you all familiar with that term? So I'm going to butcher this and look unprofessional, but I believe you take, I believe you take, it's calculated for you on the internet. That's why I can't remember the exact formula. But you basically take like the number of shares short divided by the daily average volume that is short, I want to say. And it's how many days of like normal trading activity it would take for all the shorts to cover. GameStop, for example, at the height, it was like 25 days to cover. Like anything over two is like abnormal. Like that's really high. And so like GameStop was like 25. AMC was like 20. So that the days to cover is a good ratio to look at. The problem is it's really hard to get access to like up-to-date numbers. For example, like public short reports come out, I think every two weeks or once a month, you'd really need like a Bloomberg portal probably to, or terminal to probably see like live short data. I don't even know if you can do that on a Bloomberg now that I think about it. Um, I personally would say there's a lot of better strategies you could apply your time to, but if you just absolutely had to catch all the short squeezes, I would focus on 
high short interest, high days to cover, and then just break it down from there. Um, especially if you can find something, because let's be real, when you're playing a short squeeze, you're not really looking to buy shares, right? You're trying to hit it big with options. I, I probably right. Uh, so if you can find something, um, you know, with decent option volume, high days to cover, that's probably a good start. I imagine this is going to dry up. Uh, granted, I thought that 10 months ago and here we are, you know, 12 <laughs> short squeezes later. Um, but I, I it, it, the biggest podcast in finance right? talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you hear me, Dalio, you stop that brain. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's the thing though. Like it's kind of one of those things where like the more crowded a trade gets, the less value there is. Um, and we're starting to see that already with a lot of these short squeezes, but the mechanics of it are, are just fascinating. Like there's not, there's nothing that creates and destroys wealth faster than the stock market. Maybe the cryptocurrency market, but I put I, I I put those together. So, and you know, watching where else can you, you know, 100x an investment in four minutes? I mean, it's you know, few far between. It's just it's it's fascinating to me. The biggest uh, you know subject studied right now is behavioral finance and the psychology of squeezes. There's a book about the psychology of squeezes, or it's not even a book. It's like a like a pamphlet type thing, but it just it talks about like the emotions you go through from start to finish of a squeeze. It's like living twelve years of your life inside of three days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just grow older. Um, but yeah, but no, that's a hard question as far well, as yeah, what I mean, it's, for. you know, it's yeah, because it's it's not something that like I mean, we we try and you know, in, in our discord, and I say we, but like our educators and, and play callers and stuff, try and teach responsible investing and responsible trading and like, you know, managing risk and stuff like that. And, and, and really these aren't necessarily, uh, this, this is kind of more like, you know, lotto money, you know, like yes. fun money type stuff like that. Swinging like if, for you're, the pants. if you're really looking to kind of play with something, you got money that you don't care to lose. Like, and this is kind of stuff you want to try and hit you know it's probably a better shot of hitting this than maybe going to a gas station for a you know a lotto ticket but yes when i was doing financial planning i used to tell people you know we're going to take 90 percent, and this is your stay rich money and then we're going to take 10 percent, and this is your get rich money so this the squeeze thing would be the get rich money for sure so like, i have a second question mike i know that first one was uh long sorry but the the second part is like okay you don't find it early right right what about now, like when you do see one happening, how do you recommend, I mean, I know the compliance things and you may not be able to, I don't know how, you can answer this however you want, but like how would you recommend like playing that if you see one happening? Because the, the thing about short squeezes that I've noticed is like technical analysis goes out the window. Sure. Because like there is no resistance or top or like necessarily i mean it's not there's no history to go off of right. because it's doing something so out of the ordinary so how do you time things and know when to kind of get out and use fibs or i mean what do you use you know so i ironically don't use fibs or elliott waves uh i've tried it all i go by the the kiss philosophy of keep it simple stupid or keep it stupid simple i can't even say my own philosophy go figure um <laughs> but um so like for my fund, we run some algos, but they're just like momentum based. And we hand, like we hand touch everything. Like we, I, I place all the trades. Like we don't do any of the high frequency stuff like that. Anyway, so from that standpoint, yeah, technicals are out the window with the squeeze. It's very fundamental based. The problem is when there's euphoria mixed in, everything goes out the window. There's literally, you know, at this point, you're just basically gambling, betting. The problem is 
during a squeeze, implied volatility, right, shoots up through the roof. So options cost way more than they should. So you could be like, well, it's got to come down eventually. But, you know, any put you're going to buy is going to have insane premium kicked into it because, I mean, it just is, right? And then you could always, I guess, short calls when you think you're at the top. But, you know, un uncovered calls is probably about the, you know, the biggest boy strategies you could put on. Like, you, you know, that's not a game to play with, especially in the middle of a squeeze. Um, ironically, that's probably would be the most advantageous way to maybe play it. Honestly, if you miss it, though, you're better off probably just, I mean, it depends. If it's, if that's how, if that's your, you know, horse playing or sports betting for the week, go for it, I'd say. But like, there's, there's no investment philosophy there once something's popped. Uh, there's just not. Yeah. There's no, in, there's no in between either. It's either no, it's going to go or it's not, right. you know, and you're just literally, it's like a, a coin. Flip 100%. Yeah. I, I just, I keep thinking of this guide. I'm in a few old trader discords from back in the day, guys I've known for a long time. And this one guy, he, he must've written a couple thousand uncovered calls on AMC, but he nailed it. I mean, he nailed the top. They were all like the 45. What's it? I don't even know what it's at now. Let me look here. Oh, it's back to 46. Hopefully he's out. But he they were all like 55, 60, 50. Because it ran, it ran down for a while, right? I think yeah. it did. Yeah. So he was, I mean, he was making a kill. And it was the kind of thing where like every dollar in AMC was like a million dollars up or down type thing. You could do that. But I mean, I wouldn't advise anyone to unless you just have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it's, it, like you said, it's not a, a responsible way to do things, no. but it's, it's a, you know, a, a fun money type thing yeah. for sure. Are there such things as long squeezes? There's a short squeeze. Is that a thing? A long squeeze? Yeah. Does that sound like it's not a thing? <laughs> I mean, is, is, just, is, just, is, we'll, that's we'll what my it. wife does every week. Isn't that, just like, isn't that just a stock going? Isn't that just like a stock going up? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. I, I I have to I have to Google that now. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious. A stock going up. No, that's, what, that's what my wife does every weekend. You know what I mean? No, that's yeah, no, wish. that's still a short squeeze. Yeah. It's a, a micro squeeze, you know what I mean? Oh, no, there is. So it says a long squeeze occurs when a sudden drop in the price of a stock or other asset incites further selling. In a long squeeze, long holders of a stock are pressured into selling their shares to protect against a dramatic loss. So long squeeze is basically a crash, I guess, would be the same thing, right? That's just that's the professional name. Gotcha. So it wasn't as yeah. dumb of a question. You don't have, no, you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to cut it out anymore. You can leave it in there now. We, <laughs> we looked it up. It's on Investopedia, so it exists. So there you go. Um, wow, you yeah. learned, I learned something new. Thanks, me, Mike. Yeah, me too. Got man. you. Hey, in this in this business, you learn something new every day. <laughs> if you're not learning, you know you're dying, is what I say. So no. you got a lot of you got a lot of mottos. I love all your mottos. Oh man. So I say, can't teach heart. Risk it for the biscuit. Scared, scared money don't make money. And then the one that I got from the army that drives my wife crazy because she doesn't get it is I always say, um, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. She's like, that just makes I say that. Do you? I say that. Yeah. yeah it's, she's I've like, never heard that before in my life. Slow is smooth, slow is smooth, smooth is, fast. smooth is fast. So I tell myself when I'm really frustrated, like trying to get my kids out the door, I'm like, hey, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's like my, my, come, my, my own type yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I, I say it when, uh, like, my crazy neighbor is coming down the hall and my key like won't fit in the lock. And I'm trying to like really <laughs> yes. quickly, like slam in there. Yes. Like, like calm down, man. I don't have 35 minutes to talk to you. Please open it. Yeah. You, you just break the door down. Yeah, no, sorry. I do. I, I mean, 
I do have a lot of sayings, and I say a lot of sayings wrong. No, it's, 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 wrong don't too. apologize. You're a dad. Yeah. Like you're supposed to have all these. Yeah, things. yeah. That's, that's you know, <laughs> this, this is, uh, part of the criteria. I, I so. guess so. Yeah. Do you see this happening with AMC? That's the question on everybody's mind. Is will there be a? I know they've already. It already has kind of squeezed to a certain degree, but like on the GameStop type level. Careful, there are probably apes listening right now. Yeah. Is there like a compliance issue? With no. DJ asking? <laughs> so, I mean, there's not a compliance issue in the sense like I'm not going to give someone advice on how they should trade AMC. But I'll say it like this. AMC has no business existing at this point. They're burning so much cash. They literally have a negative book value, which is almost impossible. They did squeeze. There's no way it's going to... I've Okay, I can't say no way, right? Because these days, who knows? But, like, it's the same thing with GameStop. Like, let it go. It came, you either hit it or you didn't. Let it go. And I know both of you right now are like, shit, I got to sell that tomorrow. Like, I got to get it. <laughs> I already sold it. I'm, I'm already out. out. I just... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I, I see these guys, like, peers, people I used to really respect from, like, a like a knowledge standpoint that like, they just can't let it go. Like, I don't even like talking about GameStop. It was a trade. It was great. It was very lucrative, but like, you know, act like you've been there before move on to the next one. You know, like I don't even have GameStop or AMC on my watch list anymore because they're not, they're, they're not a value opportunity. Right. I'm looking for value, not, not the hot item on Reddit or whatever. And that, that create, I literally am probably going to have my face on Reddit with like, voodoo dolls being made now <laughs> as 600 people like call me the whatever because I, i'm taxed but like i just don't see it i mean i these people are like oh all in it's going i hate when people say to the moon sorry i shouldn't say hate so much but the, uh, you, you're hitting my my sensitive you're spot right here buttons, yeah, hitting, yeah man. <laughs> but like i just i don't i don't see it from a mechanical standpoint i don't see it from a fundamental standpoint i certainly don't see it from a technical standpoint doesn't mean it can't happen i would be shocked uh, and I can tell you that I would I would have no piece of it. So, you know, I don't have any skin in the game either. AMC, I, just, I mean, I, I don't know how they stay in business. So I'll put this little tidbit in. So what my what my hedge fund does is we look for uh, innovation and disruption, similar to what like a Kathy Wood does, but we're not constrained by having too much money. Like she's a victim of her own success. She has so much money in her fund now that you can't sneakily buy these companies. You have to buy the company. And so that she's lost a huge edge because she should have kept her fund at like 5 billion, not the 50 billion she has now. But so we have very similar that we're looking for. I've always said that, you know, in 2019, they got rid of the old paramount rule where, where uh, people that made movies couldn't distribute them and distributors couldn't own the theaters. Now you can completely vertically integrate. So about, I think within five to 10 years, there's going to be Netflix theaters, Disney theaters, and Amazon theaters. And you'll go and watch like the first three episodes of house of cards for a night for like the same price as a movie ticket or, you know, we'll take our kids and spend $400 at the Disney theater to go watch a movie type thing or the Amazon. And they're going to have esports and fights and like all that stuff's going to integrate. Cause it's the only way those spaces survive. And they're not just going to be pure movie theaters. They're going to be like full on entertainment centers. And that's the only way I see that stuff happening. Companies that don't produce content or own the content. I mean, they're, they're dinosaurs at this point. And we could do a whole episode about the change of the market. So I won't go too far down that tangent, but uh, the, the market has completely shifted and Wall Street hasn't seen it yet. The media hasn't seen it yet. But in 10 years, they're all going to see what a lot of us see now. 
um, there's a big shift in investments. So a company like AMC, I just, there's nothing they can do. They've diluted, they're raising cash. They can't raise cash fast enough because they burn it. Same thing with GameStop. They have this great plan, great plan, great plan. Well, it's been almost a year now, you know, we're still waiting for the plan. What's the plan, but they at least make money. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. I think it's interesting you say that. Cause like, I'm a huge nerd, right. And I watch Me too, like, yeah. sports and stuff. Yes. And like, I've even, like, I've heard about people like making like esports coliseums for like this, you know, gaming and like tournaments and stuff like they got, they got one over by uh jerry world they built a whole like i think it's six thousand person stadium yeah. for esports tournaments because you know the dfw is a big destination i'll give you this little tidbit like 10 years ago i was telling my buddy garrett man like i really want to start an esports house because this i mean esports was a thing but it was like starcraft world of warcraft mm-hmm. like that and I, I had done the math i was like man i think we could find a team and run it for three years for like a million dollars right today to start an esports team you're probably looking at 20 or 30 million dollars minimum just to get the talent in the door like that industry is just booming you know yeah, it's, like some of the some of the ones that i i haven't watched in a while but they all had like the players had salaries of like 200 grand and stuff yeah. it's like and healthcare dietitians nutritionists yeah. like physical trainers like yeah they could have seen me on uh, on Halo back in college. And Oof. I could Ooh, I could tear boy. up Goldeneye, Goldeneye yeah, like the best some, of them, man. Some BXRs gone. Ooh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, all right, we're nerding out too hard here. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. We'll talk about we're that later. Too hard here. <laughs> you guys can you guys can circle jerk to the to Halo later. You know. Oh, <laughs> get, get Ben on here. <laughs> yeah. Right. DJ, you're gonna you're gonna hate the next time we talk. Then trust I me. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. You might our just next, take that one, take that one off. So. I know our next episode of NFTs is going to be a nightmare for me. I'm just going to sit silently for sure. But. <laughs> I can I can promise you your your jaw will drop at least three times. That's my that's my bet. That's a, so. that's a bold claim. It's yeah. a bold claim. Good, I just met you, so I don't know how hard you are to impress. So I probably just shot myself <laughs> in the foot. We'll we'll figure that out. So I'm pretty easy to impress. I mean, Mike's my friend, so you know. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Take much. That's true. <laughs> <Fair> enough. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's uh, let's jump into the. I mean, well, Hunter already, you know, pre blew his load, blew his load on this, <laughs> and told his dad jokes. So I guess it's just me and Mike now. We'll we'll tell our dad jokes for the day. Uh, Mike, what do you got for us, man? You go first. You go first. No, I'll go. Just give me a sec. Okay. Gosh. Okay. Great. So I told DJ this earlier. So I'm all I'm really bad about like finding jokes and stuff. And I'll look one up and I'll think it's really funny initially. And then I'll like think about it for two seconds and read it again and be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. <laughs> so this is one of those. Okay. So all right. Have you ever noticed that when a when geese fly in a V formation, one line is longer than the other one? Have you noticed that? I've no. read this one. Okay. So I'm gonna you, I'm gonna not participate. <laughs> no, well, Hunter said no, so I'm no. just gonna play off of you. Yeah, so, no. So do you know so it's that's what happens. Do you know why? Why? Because there's more geese in that line. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm easily entertainable. So, the delivery was all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, gotta love it. This is the easily the most awkward part of every podcast because, yeah, like 
and and Hunter, you said earlier, like dad jokes are more funny in situations when they come up like organically, like just saying a dad joke. Yeah, like the Danny Tanner, right? He's like, (laughs) yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, finger guns. Um, but it's it, it, we have to do it. We're just what I think of it as now is we're just supplying dads with more content. So it doesn't have to be entertainment, you know, like you don't have to laugh right now, but then take it and then throw it into the situations. And we're just adding more value to, you know, the lives of others. So that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Some for your back pocket. Yeah, It's just, it's adding to our databases, right. You know, database. I saw that joke. Yeah. That wasn't my joke though. That was just a situational humor. See? Okay. Anyways. Um, Okay. Your point is so valid because I laughed super hard. (laughs) shut up um okay i have a lot of them so oh my goodness why don't blind people skydive why it scares the dog (laughs) that's pretty good that's pretty good that was pretty funny i thought do do y'all get yours off google Sometimes I'm also in some other dad Facebook groups and I, I uh, leech off of them pretty hard too. And there's ever like a dad joke thread and I'm gotcha. just like, Oh, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. I'm looking right now. I'm seeing a couple I've never heard before. I'm wondering if y'all have heard them. All right, let's, let's hear it. Cause you, okay. you gotta finish this up with one here. Better okay. be good. I gotta, I'm gonna hit you with a couple just because I feel like I failed so miserably you did. to start yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah, we probably, we probably lost three quarters of the viewers immediately. Anyways. <laughs> well, we yeah. only had one, oh. so <laughs> yeah. my Steve. father lost the leg. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. Okay. Okay. What did Zero say to the eight? What? That belt looks good on you. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Solid. What did baby corn say to mama corn? What? I don't know. Where's popcorn? Oh, gosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, that, was that was corny. That was corny. I'm yeah. saving these other ones for the next one then because I'm coming at you hot. I'm coming at you hot next yeah, time. I love it. So, yeah, I don't, love it. don't blow them off. Don't blow no. them off. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have 145 here, so we're good. I can go <laughs> oh, <all> man. It's going to be a long episode. They need you to send me that link because uh, yes. it might run out so, soon too. But yes. all right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate it. We are going to be doing another episode with Hunter, so be sure to tune for that one. That is going to be on NFTs. We did another episode on that last season as well, but we're going to got, dive much deeper again and get really into the weeds on NFTs and get a little bit more context on those because I still don't freaking understand them. But yeah, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you. It's fun. Really appreciate it. Hunter is a member of our Discord now popped him in there so you can always ju- jump in and chat with him he'll be on our facebook group too i think maybe you have facebook so i mean i like it that's how yeah, I, I feel can... about facebook too yeah. yeah i mean i can i can join the group but you know, <laughs> no 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 you know no no you know what <laughs> we're gonna leave you in the discord people are gonna have to pay to talk to you you know what i mean that's right and i'll be like full honest like i'm in a lot of discords just for like some old trading groups and then some other stuff and it's like I'm really bad at checking them all because it's just not realistic. But like if people ping me or like say, hey, can you come talk here about something like that's much better for me than like tagging me and expecting me to see I'm it. Because I'm going to ping you like crazy, man. Man, I'm all about the ping. I'll always respond to a personal ping, but uh, personal I, ping. I get I get dry. It drives me crazy because I have all the little red circles on all my things. And I spend an hour just looking through them to see what. And it's an at everyone or an at all channel. And I'm yeah. just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to 
personal ping you. Ping me. Ping. Ping. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um, if you guys are not already part of our Facebook or follow us on Instagram or TikTok is really embarrassing right presence right now but we're trying so follow us there anyways whatever but and then we do have a premium discord community which is super badass and has a ton of stuff in there well worth the money even though it does cost money we promise you will get your value but yeah a lot of fun stuff in our community so join us hang out with other dads learn how to do this stuff it doesn't matter what experience level you are you can be brand spanking new you can be idiots like me and mike you can be you know hunter you know who's a hedge fund manager who found gamestop you know we range from kind of all of these different experience levels and just kind of do this stuff together so appreciate you hunter mike you're okay as well i guess we'll catch you guys next time Thank you for listening to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes, leave a five-star review, and join our premium community on Discord at stockdads.com slash plans. You can also follow us on all major social media platforms. But most importantly, stay off the grass.